Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Darvin Ham, and Rob Palinka speak ahead of next week's opening of training camp. Talking Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Rui Hachimura, and D'Angelo Russell, and everyone else. And we got it next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free. It is never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out with nearly 21,000 subscribers to the channel. People are going to be pouring Andy into this uh, as the season begins next week. Uh, And, of course, the Lakers, um, in preparation for Media Day, which is scheduled for Monday, uh, they they had Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham as is customary speaking to the media ahead of media day. Um, they pretty much covered everything. They were both out there a long time uh, answering uh, multiple multiple questions. And uh, quite frankly, Andy, I think uh, Rob especially happy to be answering questions this year versus last year, given how excited and optimistic everybody is for starters. Yeah. It- one of the things that I noticed about this year, um, beyond the fact that you, like you said, they were there a long time, they actually allowed second helpings of questions from different uh, media members there. At the beginning of last year, the this session that happened before last year's uh, official opening a training camp, Rob and Darvin were talking up championship aspirations in a way that, quite frankly, felt like BS. Um, and the things that they needed to say, because Mm -hmm. this is, this is who the Lakers are. This is what we play for. Yada, yada, yada. But nobody looked at that team and thought this is a championship level team. I think you and I both thought they would be better than the previous year of LeBron, Russ and AD, just because we both felt last year's roster to start the season was better than the 21, 22, but Mm -hmm. we both also felt like if they make the playoffs, that will feel like a success. There was a lot of mileage between they're a little better than they were the year before, and this is a team that can legitimately win right. a title. But this year, however, you know, I, I felt like Rob. Well, what I was going to say though, really yeah. quick, was this year they talked less specifically about championships. Like to my memory, I don't even remember the word championship coming up. And I think it is in part because they felt like they don't have to talk it up as much. They don't have to do as much convincing because everybody can look at this roster and say they got a chance to go somewhere. Yeah, and, and it's it's assumed. And, you know, they just they have been they have been identified. First of all, they went to the Western Conference Finals, which definitionally means you're in the ballpark. But you know, more than that, like they 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 have been part of that conversation throughout the summer, and you know, there's. There's like the evolutions of Rob, the different you know versions that you get of him. And I think what he's sort of settled into, like he he has kind of gotten back into that place where he is rightly very confident and comfortable with himself and his place and all that stuff. But he's he's kind of figured out where to dial it back a little bit. Like tonally, this this is as close to TED Talk Rob as I think you're gonna get before. It's just no longer in you know involves you know quotes and 
poetry books and and long winding stories. Um, but the confidence I think that he has in his process and certainly the results that they've gotten um, really came through um, today. You got a lot of this sort of um, tech bro kind of speak uh, of leadership and, and organizational stuff like that, which I see actually as a good sign um, for where the, the, the comfort level of of how they're operating right now. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I didn't. I like actually... to make fun. I mean, it's fun to poke fun at him, but I I I feel like I mean it as a compliment because I feel like it is a it is a, an indication that he has learned um, and grown in the job and isn't trying to do some of the party tricks that he used to do earlier in his tenure. I guess I I'll be honest. I don't hear that much tech bro talk anymore and maybe that's just because that is now how everybody talks it may be so rob palinka sounds indistinguishable to anybody else Every i ever hear these gm well just any type of ceo or general manager any type of leadership position now they all talk like this so i guess rob was a groundbreaker in that sense <laughs> um but i i think rob now just sounds like somebody with a fairly elevated vocabulary that just sort of has that Ted talk voice, but I don't mm -hmm. think he really talks that way anymore. But one element of confidence that you noticed from Rob, he was asked, you know, this year they went into the off season talking a lot about continuity and Rob Palenka made good on that word. They retained Reeves, D'Lo, Rui, um, extended Jared Vanderbilt, you know, extending Anthony Davis is a no brainer, but that is, part of it you know they they have what you know the second year in a row with a coach that feels like he might actually be there for a while and that the carousel might stop spinning and he was asked by i believe bill plashke from the la times about you know whether or not the approach changed this offseason compared to after they won the title in 2020 and they did a lot of overhauling and rob didn't specifically talk about whether or not the approach changed and frankly, I think there's a lot of contextual differences between what they did in the offseason after that championship and where they are now yeah. you know, coming off the pandemic, shortened offseason. It's, it's, if, you, if you missed it, we, we spent a couple episodes, I think it was about a week and a half ago, discussing that very question. So you know, we right. break it down, you know, the differences that you're talking about in, in detail. But what Rob did acknowledge that I think does reflect some confidence and at the very least a lack of defensiveness is – in so many words, he said, yeah, the Russ trade without naming Russell Westbrook by name, that was a mistake. But you know what? It got fixed. And to Rob's credit, that cleanup was spectacular. It was. If He said, if you make a mistake, if something doesn't work, he didn't, I don't even know what he called it. He didn't call it a mistake, but he said, if you, if you make moves and they don't work the way that you want them I'll to. I'll say it was a mistake. I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not shy about calling it a mistake. He's saying, I don't think that was the, I don't want to, I don't want people listening to think that I'm quoting him directly, but you know, he said, if you do something and it doesn't work, you take a big swing, you make a bold move you know, he talked about it in those terms. When you, when you do something big and it doesn't work, your job is to fix it. Um, and, they did. And so, you know, it is, it was good to hear him acknowledge as much, you know, close enough that, you know, that they botched it. That this, this did not work. It was a bad idea. It didn't work, but we fixed it. And, um, the, the fix has been 
like you say, phenomenal. And you're left with this situation where the Lakers roster, and we're going to talk about it here in detail about, you know, the expectations for LeBron and Anthony Davis and uh, the extensions. And they talked a lot about Rui. I don't know. We may have to save some of this for Monday as we get into uh, to media day, the show that we'll have, you know, ahead of Monday's media day. Um, but the, the, the balance that they've got on this roster and the versatility, this was another theme that was there constantly throwing a Darwin talking, uh, multiple times about the amount of of lineup combinations and uh, different approaches that they can take because they have positional flexibility, because they have balance throughout the roster as opposed to being lopsided in one area or another as they have been uh, for the last couple seasons. They really, it is not hype to talk about this roster as one of the best in the NBA, are they the best? Are they the prohibitive favorite? I don't think so. But if you made a list of six teams that have a truly realistic chance of being one of the two teams in the finals and one of the the, the team that holds the trophy at the end, and you're not putting the Lakers on it, you're doing it wrong. And, and that's just that's that's where we are. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about AD. Cause I, I think the, the, the way they talked about him, uh, and the extension that he signed, uh, and also the, the way that they may handle LeBron, uh, this year, all very interesting. We get to that and more next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by DoorDash. And if you're missing syrup for your pancakes, or you ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, suddenly burnt that last piece of bread that you wanted so badly for that toast for avocado toast but then it turns out the avocados went bad because they always seem to go bad your hot sauce that you were going to put on the avocado toast the bottle's empty all these different grocery disasters with doordash grocery delivery you can get what you want right when you need it stock up for the week order last minute cravings conveniently and you've trusted doordash to deliver your favorite your restaurant favorites and now you can get high quality grocery delivery too. And with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with every order. So sit back, enjoy quality groceries, just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. You can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at the checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to 20 bucks, no minimum subtotal, zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that code locked on NBA. Again, the code is locked on NBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. So, I mean, obviously. Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. These are really important members of the team. And what was discussed on Thursday at this press conference with Darvin and, and Rob was, I think, really interesting with all those guys. But the engine that moves this team is still uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So let's start there. Um, I, thought, I thought the stuff with AD, uh, particularly around the extension and what uh, what is going into this relationship, which is now presumably going to last the next five seasons? At He's least. walked up through the 27-28 season, I believe, or that's Something the like season that. with the player option, one or the other. I mean, so between now and then, <laughs> we will correct us, uh, correct ourselves if we're wrong. Um, but the language that they used when talking about 
um, going into that relationship. Obviously, everybody knew they were going to try to extend him and all that. It was still interesting to hear them talk about it and talk about what this partnership means. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact setup of the question, but you know, they were talking about what makes you feel confident about yeah. not just having that long-term plan with Anthony Davis and that long-term relationship, but it's a long-term trust in Anthony Davis because it, the torch is being passed at some point. You have named AD as LeBron's successor with this extension. He is on the books for longer than LeBron, and just common sense tells you he's going to be on this team longer than LeBron. And they were asked about you know, what makes you feel confident about that. And one of the things that Rob stressed, and I want to make it clear, this was not in any way with some type of like you know, undertone or implied that AD hadn't been living up to it before. But he talked about the idea of it being a two-way commitment and the idea that if we are going to commit to you, AD, you need to be committing to us the same way and needing to see, as he put it, like a return of investment. You know, again, not implying that it hadn't been there before, but the idea of this is we are going we are inking you to a different phase that eventually mm -hmm. doesn't look, include LeBron, different responsibilities like the idea of yep. wanting to see AD grow more as a leader, wanting to see him always look like the hardest worker. Again, not implying that he hadn't been working before, but just that this stuff matters even more. You know, he talked either he or Darwin talked about AD training more this offseason as opposed to looking to sort of recuperate or looking to avoid injury through training that sort of thing that this was an offseason of just in the gym in the weight room and when asked about you know again what gives you confidence rob said character 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 so his exact words talking about yep. anthony davis they trust his character and i, th I think that's fair i mean look you you, when they did that, when they made this move, um, like the, 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 you have to figure out a couple things. The first is, is your player, especially in this era now with where, you know, the, the, the risks to your cap, if you, you know, have a guy who is not worth, they're not delivering the value for the 50, 60, $70 million that you're, that you're paying him at the top of the, of the salary cap. Uh, and all these things, you have to figure out a couple things. First is, is your player good enough? Is he, you know, one of the elite players that qualifies for that level of paycheck? The answer is obviously yes with Anthony Davis. And, you know, and he probably, you know, assuming he doesn't suffer something catastrophic, is going to be in that in that range for at least the next two, three, four seasons, you would think. You know, yeah. Um, he, you know, is he perfect? No. Do you sometimes, is he tantalizingly close to seeming like he could be the best player in the league? Sure. But you know, the, the eighth best is still pretty good uh, and hard to do better than. So he, he qualifies there. But the second one is, is he the type of human that you want to build your team around? Is he going to be a consistent presence? Is, I don't, I don't mean like he can't have an opinion. He can't have a voice. He can't, you know, LeBron James has all of those things, but he is consistent. He is a you know consistent leader of teammates. He is all of that stuff. Whereas someone like Kyrie Irving qualifies for the is your player good enough standard because he obviously is. He's one of the most uh, amazing offensive players 
that the game has. Um, but he doesn't qualify for the other half. And so, yeah, you have injury risk with Anthony Davis, and he's getting a little older, and he's not going to get less injury-prone as he ages. But if you get two, those two things, and that's the guy you have access to, you keep him. And I think the way the Lakers are thinking about this and talking about him is exactly right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's always risk. I mean, there. this is an imperfect science. You know, one of the things that makes sports – so great and so compelling is they're unpredictable. You know, they're, you know, we just had the writers guild, you know, and the studios figure out their differences. They're back on board. Hopefully the actors will be working again, but you know, great scripted entertainment, even the stuff that fools you, even the stuff that you can't see the ending coming, they're still writers. Like you never know what's going to happen in sports. And that applies to Anthony Davis. You know, there's always going to be that fear of injury, but you know, you it's, Pretty difficult to assail Anthony Davis, the person, um, mm -hmm. and the professional. Speaking of professional, uh, they talked up LeBron's still pretty amazing commitment. That's uh, where I was actually going to go shape. next. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was asked whether or not it was it was our friend Dan Wakey who was on earlier this week. Asked if you know because LeBron finished last year questioning whether or not he was going to come back. And while I think we acknowledged there was a non-zero percent chance that he was. Uh, being serious, there was an overwhelming chance that he was still going to play this year. Um, you know, they, he was at Darwin, you know, Dan asked uh, Darwin and, and Rob whether or not, you know, they kind of saw that fire again. And the answer was uh, very much so. Yes, the preparation, the the work, the the time in the gym is it's all there. Yeah. And, you know, he, I don't remember who asked, but, you know, there was the idea of how you're going to manage LeBron mm -hmm. both in season 21, but also in an era where the league has made it clear we don't want to see players who can be on the court not there for whatever reasons. As we as we talked about before, I don't think the load management thing really applies that much to LeBron and AD because I, at least the way I talk about load management, I don't think either one of them really does much of it at all. But one of the things that was discussed was the idea of just, again, how do you manage to get LeBron through the season? And the hope is that with this team's increased depth, you can just buy LeBron more rest during games. Correct. And that is the correct approach because the West is going to be too difficult to just sit LeBron for the purposes of maintenance. It's one thing if he's dealing with something real, but just the idea of, you know, DNP old, I think that is going to be difficult to do on an even not a regular. Spot. You could on a regular basis. No, I mean, are there going to be games where he sits to rest? Sure, but like that's different than. I don't think there will be many. Uh, but I that's don't. still, but it's still different than like every sixth game. LeBron is going to sit just on a schedule. I mean, but I, I like that answer too. It's like the 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 solution is not see if we can figure out ways to take the ball out of LeBron's hands because. If LeBron is on your team and he's playing, you want the ball in his hands because he's LeBron and he's still one of the elite players. I mean, you want to use Austin Reeves, you want to use other people, but but you don't Look, want to. I don't know if don't LeBron. To, I don't know if LeBron's going to allow the ball to be out of his hands. Even, in certain but, respects, this is a moot point. It may be, but I just I just feel strategically, you want LeBron to be doing things because he's better than everybody. Um, so the, the 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 correct answer is be good, be really good, so that he can do all of those things. He just doesn't have to do them 
for 36 minutes a game. He can do them for 32. He doesn't have to play in every last five minutes of, of a game. He can play um, in three quarters of them because you've locked away games and those last five minutes are different in the fourth quarter are different than the first five minutes of the first. Like when LeBron is doing LeBron stuff matters as much as how much he's doing those things. And it all adds up. Absolutely. Uh, Andy, the Lakers have a starting point guard and a starting two guard. Uh, the names shouldn't necessarily surprise, no, they um, <laughs> but especially that two guard. Uh, but, no. <laughs> but it was still uh, it was still interesting to hear them talk about both uh, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. So that's what we're going to do next. Andy, I know there are still some some Gabe Vincent stands out there who were uh, or or people who just really don't like D'Angelo Russell who were hoping that perhaps the point guard competition would be something that is more open. Going Big time believers in Jalen Hood, Shafino. I guess um, you know, I I, 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 whatever it is, point forward Maxwell Lewis, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> Colin Castleton was very, very good with the ball in his hand. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think that was um, both wishful thinking and wrongful thinking um, for for those people. Um, and it was confirmed on Thursday that the starting point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers this year is going to be D'Angelo Russell. Um, that is the correct decision, but it's also a decision they were making based on results as opposed to the, you know, the results of just the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it was interesting. Darvin was asked early in the press conference about starters, and he declined to name anybody. Um, but then as things went along, there was a question asked about D'Lo. And in taking up very passionately for what D'Lo brings to this team, he then turned around and asked Dan, uh, told Dan Wojcicki, who had asked about the starters, D'Angelo Russell is the starting point guard of this team here. There you go, Dan. You can have that. Um, and then later went on to confirm the obvious, which is that Austin Reeves will be starting at the two. But I, I thought that it was interesting on a couple counts. First of all, that just that passionate of a defense of D'Lo led to him dropping that pretense of not wanting to name the starters. Um, and both he and Rob really talked a lot about how they acknowledged that things in the Denver series went badly. They both, you know, without naming the series, they acknowledged the elephant in the room, but also talked a lot about how much D'Lo helped this team, both in the regular season and also the first couple rounds of the playoffs. And I believe it was Rob who noted, if, if you go on a honeymoon, you know, 13 days, it's wonderful. And the 14th day, you have a bad lunch. You don't focus on the 14th day and say your honeymoon sucked. I was thinking in my head, <laughs> there are a lot of Laker fans who apparently really value that 14th day. Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, the, the, 14th, the 14th day was important. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a big deal. It was very memorable. Uh, it yes, was an it important was. time. Like, you know, to use the honeymoon analogy, it's like, the day you go, you know, visit the Coliseum or you have your your fanciest meal or whatever it might be. It was a big day, but it was one of 14. <laughs> First attempt at consummation. <laughs> I don't judge. <laughs> Probably <laughs> built it up at that point. Slow to warm up. Oh, that's true. By day 14, you're like, a lot that's of pressure. Bad. That's, just bad. that's just bad planning at that point. 
I mean, everything's nice and legal at that point. I'm not sure what sure. you're waiting for, but again, I don't know either. I, nobody. I, who am I to judge? Well, in any event, though, like <laughs> awkward, awkwardly but, transitioning. But in all seriousness, <laughs> good evening. I, <laughs> I I did think though that that was, I thought that was interesting. I also, I thought it was telling because Darwin also had been asked about you know, the importance of training camp and competitiveness in terms of like position battles, things like that. And Darwin talked up wanting a really competitive atmosphere during training camp and wanting to see guys go at it and wanting to see them, you know, looking to execute the best as possible, like stand out all these different ways. But he actively downplayed the idea of position battles in terms of that competitiveness, which sort of gave up the ghost in terms of what he eventually revealed. But I also thought it was smart because if you have obvious choices, and I think four of the five are obvious, I think you'd agree with me, you're better off not turning them into storylines. Like there's no reason to turn that into something that people focus on. I think that's true. And I also think there's a huge difference between not having open competition for starting positions, which is what the case is like, you know, I think we can all agree LeBron and AD don't need to compete for that. It makes zero sense to not have Russell and Reeves as your other two. And then there is a legitimate um, question as to what the best fit for that fifth spot is, whether it's, I know we haven't really advocated for it, but something with, you know, Christian Wood um, as a four, or maybe it's Rui Hachimura or uh, Torian Prince or something with Jared Vanderbilt, where you can, you know, you have the defensive versatility where LeBron essentially functions as a three on offense and a four on defense, mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, there's a huge difference between a lack of broad competition for starting spots and competition for minutes. Oh, the yeah. competition for minutes on this team, and Darwin said, not everybody's going to get them, and people are going to be upset about that, but that's okay because that shows you have a good team. Um, the Lakers are going to have tremendous competition for minutes, mm -hmm. and so that competitive atmosphere, it's going to be there, and they don't have to generate you know, or kind of hype it up or whatever because there are going to be players who play significantly less than they want to or believe that they should, which is a great problem for Darwin to have. Yeah, and I thought Palinka summed it up pretty well when he said that, in so many words, not everybody's going to play as much as they want to, but everybody at some point is going to get a chance to eat. Like, it's just, that's the way things work over the course of a season, mm -hmm. and everyone's going to have to be professional. It's going to be up to Darwin to manage those personalities, which Palinka went out of his way to praise the hell out of Darwin's ability to do that. If there's an advantage to having two stars like AD and LeBron, um, AD in the sense of just the track record says he's going to miss 15 to 20 games. So just you, you have to assume that. Um, LeBron at his age, you have to assume he's going to miss 15 to 20 games. The, that is not great. Like ideally you want guys who are there for 75 or 80. Um, those players are exceedingly rare in the NBA now. But you know, that's that's what you'd hope, but it is it is helpful for a team like this one because it it it's not Rob's not blowing smoke there. It is 100 Christian Wood is going to start 15 to 20 games this year. He's gonna have a chance to be a featured player in that way multiple times. The guys who play behind LeBron, behind AD, 
whatever it is, are going to get to play more when those guys are out. Vanderbilt's going to, as much as when everybody's healthy, we've talked about how his minutes could get squeezed. When either one of those guys aren't available, there's an easy glide path to 15 to 25 minutes a game for Vanderbilt. So same with Jackson Hayes, as far as the front court. Sure, goes. absolutely. And, and, you know, Cam Reddish could find some spots in those games. Now, maybe not as consistent as they might want, but Rob's not making that up. He is correct. Everybody is going to get a chance to do stuff. And particularly for the more established players, um, that is a big deal. And I do think it's one of the appeals, you know, Rob talked about, you know, we chose them and they chose us with the free agents, which is, I think, generally how it does work. <laughs> like Nobody's being kidnapped. Um, but when you think about the appeal of the team for role guys or guys who are doing the Christian Wood thing, trying to um, establish value that everybody knows will hopefully be realized by being paid by another team. I do think one of the things that you can sell with the Lakers is, yeah, it's a great team with a great roster and you may not have exactly the role you want, but you're going to get to play because we know our stars aren't going to be on the floor every night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not great news for the team, but it is good news for those players. And thankfully, like we've talked about, the Lakers, I do think, have far better depth to deal with those absences, hopefully just one at a time. You know, if LeBron and AD are both out, I'm not going to lie, those games could be very, very difficult. But if LeBron or AD are missing a game, I think the Lakers are, if nothing else, far better situated now than they had to be. Especially, like, remember how things used to just crater when LeBron was out? And just LeBron would miss. When LeBron, forget out of a game, Andy, like, didn't suit up. Just literally not play. Right. And by the way, I, I just thought about this. Here's how we know they're better situated. This is, I think, a better version of the team that we saw post-deadline last year. That team competed without LeBron for a while and won a lot of those games. I, I actually think they, they have enough depth that particularly if, you know, people have been giving me a lot of flack over the, the summer for not being excited enough about Rui. Um, it's not that I'm not excited about him. I think he's got great potential, and we'll get to Rui for Monday because the the – uh, Palinka particularly talked a lot and was asked a lot about Hachimura. He's got a new nickname. Yeah. Um, the understudy. It's, it's what LeBron calls him. LeBron, that, he's been around He's really, been around LeBron a lot, and that's one of the been, interesting things. Apparently, the offseason, working out with LeBron so much, LeBron has now referred to Rui as his understudy. I, I am all, I'm here for that. Um, you, you, you know, the, I fully believe that, you know, what is he, 24? 24 25 jeez i he, let me look it up right now he is young he's young i just I, I forget if it's 20 it's one of those two and like there's plenty of 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 upside there i just especially when it comes to the three-point shooting i need he's almost 26 it. he's okay, gonna be turning 26 so during the was, season okay so he's but he's 25 so i was at least a, generally correct about yeah. that so like i i am if he elevates a little bit um, you know, Reeves is, you know, clearly a very good NBA player. And you've got Russell. I actually think the Lakers, they you wouldn't pick them to win tons of games with those guys are missing. You know, if if but if LeBron and AD miss 15 games at the same time, the Lakers aren't going, you know, two and thirteen in those games. Like they've got enough to win some games while those guys are out, which is it's just saying something. All right. So there's there's Rui. 
there's Reeves stuff. There's um, look aheads to training camp opening. There's all yeah, but I'm just talking about just today things that we didn't get to. Me too. Um, yeah, and so plenty to to talk about for for Monday show. The last Andy, the last show before the start of the season. Uh, it'll be Monday. Uh, we of course uh, we have we have every plan on being there on Monday, and so uh, we'll, we'll, we're getting ready for that. Uh, but you know, it's gonna be a, it's it's a fun weekend. Because next week, it, it all gets going. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out, uh, leave us questions, leave us comments. We'd love to use them on the show. What were your reactions to what Rob Palenka and uh, Darvin Ham were saying on Thursday? What uh, reactions we have to media day on Monday? We're here over here about all that stuff. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll see everybody Monday.